Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Uh, it is time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. And it is the third Friday of the month, so I have my friends Pia and Colin sitting here with me this morning. Good morning to the both of you. Good morning, Janet, and everybody watching. Yes, it's good to have you with us today. And, you know, I, I love that we have a theme today. <laughs> I mean, I also love it when we're just, you know, spitballing and going with the flow and all of that. But uh, I, I really like the idea that we have a focus and it seems to be a pretty important one. Uh, so I just want to welcome everybody who's checking in with us. And if you have questions for Pia and Colin or astrology, human design questions, you can certainly put those uh, as a comment in the chat and we'll be able to address that for you. Um, but Pia uh, pointed out this morning that on Sunday, we enter into something called the Day of Karma. And that day is 13 feelings. So it's the end of a cycle, the end of the week kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, but tell us more about that, because I think that's, it's a lovely blog post and that that will be out on Sunday. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it, it's very beautifully written. It, it makes complete and total sense. But anytime we use the word karma, it kind of feels loaded. So <laughs> tell us, what, it's a loaded word. Uh, so tell us what that day is about and what does it mean to be the day of karma? So let me start by referring to our dear Pleiadian friends, Larkma, because yeah. they have been talking about karma for a long time. And they have said repeatedly that the time for karma is over. And the way they explain that is that we have the choice and the awareness now to make conscious decisions in every moment. And we make when we make conscious decisions of the highest good of all, we don't create any karma. So therefore, for us, whoever is doing that, karma is over. However, in the Pleiadian Earth Energy System, Every 260 days, when Venus reaches a certain point in relationship to Earth, we move into 13 feeling energy, which is what happens on Sunday. And what that means is, well, first of all, feeling is the most emotional energy of the 20 Earth energies. It's just highly potent. Yep. It, can be, it can be either emotional or it can be at the other end of the spectrum. It can be deep feeling states of love, joy, bliss, compassion, all of that. So with that polarity going on in feeling energy, we have the opportunity to pay attention to whatever our emotions are triggering for us, what they're showing us, and look at some patterns. 13 is the number of integration, and it's the last day of the 13-day energetic period of evolving energy. So this is no co small coincidence that 13 feeling <laughs> is the end of 13 of 13 days of evolving energy, which is overlighting the whole 13 day period. If we've been working on our evolution for those 13 days and trying to evolve, day of karma will mean, okay, we're going to tap into our gifts. We're going to, we don't have any karma anymore. We're doing great. We're going to fly. Yeah. If perhaps we've been stuck somewhere and certain patterns keep surfacing they will really show up on sunday but but using this kind of attitude or understanding about karma can lift it from what you described it as often a heavy a heavy term or a, oh no not karma again but <laughs> 
but we can use in this system, we can use karma as a completely different paradigm, looking at it as, as Pia said, if we've done our work, if we truly looked at ourselves and made changes that, that were absolutely necessary, we can see karma as an uplifting way of looking at our lives and lightening up what we've already accomplished and put us into a, a much, much better place. One thing to remember is that everything is energy. So all of our thoughts are energy. Our feelings are energy. Everything is energy. So karma is not just about actions. It's about what are we thinking? How are we thinking? How are we managing our feelings? So if we want to be in what Cullen just described as the higher energies, all we have to do is remember that our thoughts are rippling out to everybody. And that's really what happens with karma. It's not about past lives or he did this to me, so now I'm doing it to him. It's not <laughs> a lot of people think, right? That karma is just this negative repercussion yeah. from actions that you've taken. But there's also reward and recognition that comes when you've done the work, when you've laid the foundation, when you set yourself up for success, which is some very Saturnian terms. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Lord of karma, Saturn. That's why I always associate karma with Saturn. Yeah, I, I think we need to look at it with new eyes. I think yes. we need to look at it from a completely different perspective. What you started to say something, Pia. Go ahead. No, that's it. The only thing I was going to say is that the day of karma precedes the following 13-day period, which is devoting energy, which is a very peaceful, calm energy, which we're going to have solstice during that energy. There's a lot of stuff coming up in that week following this day of karma. You want to talk about Christmas, Christmas Eve? Well, we've been, we've been looking very forward to the 24th and 25th of, of December because the energies are actually going to be quite positive. They're going to be a, a pretty big switch from a lot of the ups and downs, a lot of the challenges, a lot of the chaos. And you probably, I'll, let, I'll let Pia talk about this because she can speak about it more concisely. Well, actually, Janet's the one to speak about it more concisely because she's the real Western astrologer and more. <laughs> However, what I understand is that the moon is going to be in some positive aspects with five different planets, Uranus, Venus, Mercury, Neptune, Pluto. All five. So there's a lot of positive, uplifting stuff coming in on the 24th and 25th. Yeah, actually, Neptune's in there. Did you did you mention Neptune? That's a sextile with the moon. I skipped. I skipped Neptune. You're right. Yes. Yeah, but the you know the the the, the that week all in in all feels like a very powerful week anyway, mm -hmm. as it's you know Mercury in retrograde in Capricorn. Colin, how are you feeling these days? <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> uh, Venus and Pluto conjunct, you know, yeah. coming into that conjunction. That's how we start the year. But I also noticed, well, first go back and tell me, what is it about six seeing and seven intuiting that on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that feels so good to you? Is there something there or is it the bigger astrological picture? I think when it's joined in with the bigger astrological picture, six, mm. is, six is the energy of flow. So right. having six is being able to flow more through things. 
And the seeing energy, of course, is having the bigger perspective, being able to see the big picture. And that comes again within devoting energy, a very high level possibility for raising our consciousness. And then on the next day, on Christmas Day, we have the seven intuiting, as you just pointed out, and seven is about merging. So it's really going to be more about unity consciousness, harmony, peacefulness with each other, good relationships, all the kind of things that we've kind of been duking it out with troubles. <laughs> for, for I, I think I think this is going to be a prelude or a a beginning of what we're going to see when Pluto moves out of my realm. And <laughs> He's into, done with you, though. <laughs> into Aquarius. Um, and, well, it's going to happen twice, actually, as you Three know. Three times. Actually, he's going back and forth, back and forth. He doesn't actually make that final push until uh, early late 2024, early 2025. So we're going right. to play this fading in, fading out game right. for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I think these two days that, that both of you have just described energetically are going to be a glimpse maybe of, of the unity we're looking for, the community we're looking for, the, the lightening up of all the things we've gone through for the past two or three, I would say five years since 2017, actually. Yeah. And, and maybe this will give people some hope, give people some. Yes, there some is sense. so much of that. So much hope there. So much reason for hope. Now, I want to I want to go back for a second because I see quite a few new people in here this morning. So I just want to let people know what we're really talking about. Oops, is the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar. This is the 2022. The 2023 is already available at Pia, I always get this mixed up. Is it Book Depot? Book, book Depository. Depository. <laughs> you can, they yeah. ship all over the world. And they, yeah, it's and I got it mine in like, I don't know, five days. It was pretty quick. So the Earth Energy, the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar, this is an entirely new way of counting time. I'm off on my camera here. So you see, you know, you have the regular calendar days just so that you can orient yourself in the way that we've already, that we've always been. But you'll also see that there is an energetic signature to each day. So we're here today at 11. I can't read backwards. Remembering. Yeah. And moving into what we were talking about on Sunday, the 18th, uh, to the end of the week, which would be 13 feeling, which is also, I like what you said, something about it being the end of karma, right? It's called the day of karma, but is it, as Larkma would suggest, our the beginning of an end for that? Absolutely. Yes. It's the opportunity for us to pay attention to reworking, rethinking how we view karma and jettisoning the old ideas about what we think karma is and mm -hmm. looking at it more positively in a way that, well, we don't create any negative ripples if we just use our conscious thoughts with every choice we make, keep our thoughts on the higher realm. If we get triggered by an emotion, take responsibility and deal with it there. Don't blast off at somebody else or be emotionally reactive, but Take responsibility for what we're feeling. I think I think also, do you have more thoughts? No, that's it. I think also <laughs> it, it would be it, it would be nice to look at karma in the same way we look at duality. Duality has always had a bad rap. It's always had a, a 
uh, up and a down, uh, uh, you know, it's it's problematic. It's it's two sides that don't get along probably very well. And I think if we use the same sense about duality and karma as, wait a minute, maybe they have much more positive elements to them than just a negative thing mm -hmm. that keeps us agitated or unhappy or dragged down. I think we need to change that both for the understanding of karma and duality. And I think oh, that would yeah. be a completely different perspective on using them in the gift category rather than the challenging category. Right. And, and after all, what is karma? It really is just the results of our choices. Exactly. The results of our choices. And then the key is that we're always free to choose again. Yes. Right? We don't have to stay stuck with that choice. So we screwed up. So we made a decision that landed us in hot water. Turn it around, make a new choice and go in a new direction. That's always it, our choice. You just said something really key there, too. You talked about we always have a chance to make a new choice. Venus is in the face of rebirthing right now. Oh, so yes choice to rebirth ourselves any given moment over and over and over again as much as we need to. And it'll be in that phase until the 22nd, which around solstice, we move into remembering and embodying. So everything that we've just gone through and everything we're opening to that we're beginning to see more clearly, we can remember it at a deep spiritual level and we can embody it by the choices we make, the way we think, everything. Yeah. And, and that's the important thing I think that we we lose is that our, in our, our busy lives and in all of the things that are assaulting us all the time about what we should do, who we should be and where we should go and where should I be at this time in my life mm -hmm. is that we are always free to make a new choice. That That yes. is our right living on this planet where free will and choice rules the game. Mm -hmm. So what will you choose uh, to do with your emotional energy? Um, how will you change the things that you see that maybe you felt like didn't work or, uh, you know, things that instead of beating yourself up over those things, just say, okay, well, now I'm going to choose to go in that direction or do these things, right? Yep. Don't get stuck. Don't get caught up in non-action. Just go with the flow. Where's life taking you? Yep. Somebody yep. else said that too. Somebody in the chat this morning. Uh, J-Lo, good to hear. She says, I've been good allowing the flow of life. <laughs> Santa Claus will be kind to you, J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, I also saw a new word in this uh, write-up that you did, and it is ahimsa. It's not new. I've seen the word before. Um, and in, in parentheses, you put do no harm. Tell us a little more about that word and how it relates to this energy that we're in. Well, ahimsa is a Sanskrit word. It's ancient. And it, and it means, just as you just said, simply do no harm. And that means do no harm to anyone, ourselves, someone else, the planet, the cosmos. If we live by that tenet of doing no harm, we're not creating any karma because I mean, we already went through this a moment ago, but I guess it, it, it deserves repeating. It allows us to live in the flow that we just spoke of. We don't, we don't create any negativity because we're not doing anything that's harmful to anyone. So 
the the idea of of ahimsa is one of larkma's favorite things to talk to humanity about they talk about two or three different things and ahimsa is one of them they they want us to recognize that ahimsa do no harm is the same thing as what they tell humanity about make the choice for the highest good of all and we really culturally need to move away from this sense of me 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 separation separation i want what i want and or the opposite of that well i have to do whatever is best for you and i have to forget about me those polarities don't really work that's not high school for all on either end of the spectrum and it's doing harm either to ourselves or to the other well and it's incredibly not self-loving exactly yes yes so we do we have to be able to balance that this the idea of me 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 is the more maybe narcissistic or or overly individualistic point of view um it's so funny because I just I had this dream this morning about lifetimes. I was given a book or brought to a book of uh, like the book of life or the book of karma, whatever. It didn't have a name. It was just this book. And it had all of these different lifetimes that I'd led. And at the very last two, uh, meaning the current life and, and the maybe, I don't know, the one before, who knows, that was my struggle was that path of individuality and the path of community or group and meaning that in this lifetime I meant to bring more of that community feel in and less of that individualistic uh, go it alone kind of maverick energy. (laughs) It's funny uh, because in this kind of conversation we could easily think we could easily jettison then self-love and in favor of giving away the farm to everybody else. And that's not what you're saying either. No. no. And I have to say, without pointing fingers of blame, I do believe that the field of psychology and trying to help humans have more self-esteem has actually fostered more selfishness because, and selfishness in a bad way, not self-care and taking care, but the me, me, me factor, because the whole field of psychology is about speaking my truth sharing my story. It's everything about my and me and nothing about, well, I'm sure you must hurt and have have stories that are similar too. There's no connective energy there. So the field of psychology has really fostered somewhat Cullen calls bad training. Yeah. And this, this also brings up something that's dear to my heart. I wrote years ago in something I wrote, um, a very simple thing. Saying no is just as divine as saying yes. And if we don't take care of ourselves first, and this is against most fundamental religious ideas, against social norms and social ideas, the, the, the daring to say, I need to take care of myself first so that I can be full regenerated and able to help others in a much greater way. So I think I think humanity both individually and collectively needs to come to an understanding that it's okay to take care of ourselves. It's not a selfish act. It's it's a way of being able to be our true selves and being able to broadcast that whether we call it broadcasting light or simply helping others. If we don't do that for ourselves first, we're not in a position to truly do that for others. Right. And 
if for any of our listeners, watchers that are in the United Kingdom, in the UK, the, the magazine Kindred Spirit has just picked that up from Cullen and decided they're going to feature it in their spring issue on their inspiration page. Oh, congratulations, Cullen. So there will be sharing of that idea in the United Kingdom. Yeah, it's it's a simple it's a simple thing. It's just that we've been trained yeah. to always look out for everyone else. And if we have an ounce of energy left for ourselves, oh, maybe we can then take care of ourselves. And that that is such a, a reversal of how we can do the best job of being who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's funny because everything we're talking about um, is is leading us to. Uh, themes that are popping up for 2023. I mean, you know, it is what Tuesday, I think that Jupiter moves into Aries. And, you know, that begins a whole new cycle of planting seeds for the future, like what comes next. But when we plant a seed, it's not harvest time, right? It's planting the seed. So we have to wait for sort of, we have to love ourselves enough, love our projects enough or love what we're doing enough to wait through all of the different phases from, you know, seed to a sapling or to a, what do they call that germinated seed where that starts to pop up. And mm-hmm. then, you know, as it grows, when we get later into 2023, we end up with Jupiter in Taurus. It's like, he does this mad dash through Aries. Like he doesn't want to stay there too long and make you think that it's, you know, like all go energy, all those green lights. So then he moves us into Taurus, slows everything down. But what happens in Taurus is that we till the ground, we build things, we, we create something of lasting treasure. And that is, I think, something that we can all take away from this. If you love yourself enough to wait, to do, you know, step one, till the ground, step two, plant the seed, step three, then, you know, prune leaves or whatever you need to do as it grows, then we're going to see ourselves really as we come into June, I believe it is, really be able to bust out there in bigger ways. But it really starts with loving yourself enough to, I don't know, maybe have some patience in in the building of that foundation and exposing the weaknesses. I think that may be something that also this week is a part of the adventure is like exposing where is it that, um, in, wh- where are the likely places where the choices I've made aren't supporting me for those next steps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think that's really sound. And and I think it's also interesting that we have to use the, the element or the idea of trust. When when we plant those seeds, mm. we have to let it go. We have to let those seeds germinate in their own way of, of exploring what they're going to explore. And I think we have to trust that that's going to happen. Instead of worrying about it or, or watching it too closely, I think we just have to trust. We, we planted the seeds. Let's let their energy do what they're going to do. And then when they go through that embryonic first stage and they do start popping up out of the soil, then it will be time to relook at them and, and maybe guide them a little bit more. But but we have to let them do that on their own. And I think people are too anxious. I think they're too worrisome about, well, 
I've got to cultivate it more. I've got to water it more. I've got to do things to it for it. And <laughs> I think we have to step back and just say, we started the process. Let's just let it go and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then we have the ruler of uh, Aries, Mars, in retrograde. So mm -hmm. we are slower in our processing right now of what, you know, I think it gives us, it presents us this massive opportunity to really get clarity about what we truly desire, about what is it that I really am after. Like, if, if I have a business or I'm, uh, you know, looking at building a business, what is it that I really want? What sets me apart? You know, what, how do I want to serve? How do I want to show up in this world? Because right now is the imagination time, right? This is the time to get it all, you know, kind of, you could get it out of your head and onto paper. Uh, you can, you know, take the vision and expand upon it and see, you know, where does that take you? But until we really have Mars in forward motion, which isn't until January 12th, so just another couple of weeks, actually, if we look at it calendar wise, then um, then you can start to take the steps that move things forward. But up until then, the loving, most loving thing to do is to really gain some clarity and vision and kind of direction, right? What is it that I want to do? What are the possibilities for me? Patience is another word I could use. Mars hates <laughs> patience. Mars <laughs> yeah. is not patient. So you put him in retrograde in a sign like Gemini that really is a forward moving sign. And he can feel very um, friction, a lot of friction in trying to get moving, but also realizing that getting moving isn't exactly beneficial at this moment, not in the way that we normally think of moving or mm -hmm. making progress. So taking our time to build from behind the scenes, right? I, I I use this often, you know, building a website, you know, you're you're having to put things together and ideas together in order to before you can actually make it go live, right? You can make it go live right now, but is there anything on those pages? Right? Have you built the, the template? So mm -hmm. we're in the building your template phase. Yeah. And that fits in precisely with entering winter because winter is the time to have the ideas but not act on them until spring. So this is perfect actually for this timing of, of the seasons that we're in right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the free from external manipulation energy <laughs> uh, because that that is another theme i see playing out in 2023 like i called 2023 a pivot year like we're pivoting away from that age of control and manipulation into much more uh free will sovereignty is another word i could use for for 2023 but give us your thoughts on that because that that i underlined that when i read your blog post because it and Caught for people attention. who want to read the blog post, uh, just sign up to the newsletter on either website. The blog will be posted on Sunday. And it, the two websites are Pia Orlean, P-I-A-O-R-L-E-A-N-E.com and Larkma, L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A.com. So you can sign up for either newsletter or you could just go to the website and look for the blog on Sunday if you want to see more of what we're talking about here. But 
I think everyone is feeling the oppression of all the controls and manipulations that we've been experiencing. And with these energies coming forward that we've been talking about, the urge for freedom is really getting stronger, particularly as Pluto gets closer to Aquarius. That <laughs> freedom is like, yes, I want it. But we have to remember that we're always free, as you said earlier, to make choices. And if we want something in the external world to change, we have to do our work to change the inside world first. So the real freedom from all of this that we are feeling manipulated and controlled by now begins when we change our perspective, when we change our attitude, when we stand up and speak out and say, no, as Cullen said, it's just as divine as saying no, as saying yes, say no, no more. That's it. All of those things, the inner work and the outside speech to reflect the inner work and the changes we're getting in higher consciousness, all those things are going to bring us to the place of freedom that we're yearning for. Yeah. Um, there's, it's funny, I'm going to go back to no for a minute because there are two gates in our human design. One, that's the gate of yes. And then there's another one for the gate of no. And nothing is sitting at the gate of yes at the moment. But right now, and for a while, and oh, almost all of 2023, Neptune, the planet of spirit, <laughs> of uh, higher consciousness, is at the gate of saying no. Yep. And that's not a negative thing. I don't mean this as in you should be saying no to everything. But it, it really does, you know, call us into questioning every action that we're taking. Am I doing this because someone's manipulating me to do this? Am I, am I doing this because of my own free will and my choice? Uh, and am I doing this because the energetic signature can feel chaotic or I'm restless or I'm bored? So slowing things down, right? Saying, being willing to say no as much as willing to be saying yes. I mean, even saying yes can be a problem, right? We could be committing ourselves all over the place to things that aren't correct. And on the other hand, we don't want to say no to the things that are correct either. We want to say no to the things that are not the match to us, right? Right. That, that are not the choices I want to make. Yep. And that's, that is actually how we've gotten into a lot of this mess that we're in by automatically just saying, whether through complacency or or fear, or whatever avenue that, that we've chosen, that is one of the biggest reasons why so many things have been shoved on us and made into law or made into behind-the-scenes activities because we haven't been honest to simply say no. We haven't stood up and said, no, really, I don't like this. This is not good for me. And I don't think it's good for anyone else or the planet. I think our complacency or our fear of rocking the boat has caused a lot of this turmoil. And I think 2023, I think you're absolutely right, Janet. I think 2023 is going to be a year of standing up and actually saying, this isn't working and we need to choose another way of, of taking care of this. Yeah. We have big changes going on in in 2023. So, I mean, it's not that it's not going to be crazy like the other years have been before it, but it has a different, just a different feel to it, like a different level or a higher, 
consciousness about it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Pluto that's going to move out of a out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. Even if it's brief, we're going to get a show. That is that is the truth. There's something there that's going to show up. Saturn moving out of Aquarius and into Pisces, which brings all of the Saturn lessons together right? Pisces being the last sign of the zodiac. So all of the lessons through all of the signs, in other words, all of the karma, <laughs> good or bad, right? All yeah. of the karma coming together in one sign to be released, right? So yes. when you said that, that was another like, woo, woo, woo thing in my head that, of course, this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. And then we have Jupiter changing signs twice, right? Once now into uh, Aries, and then in later in the year into Taurus. And of course, the inner planets always doing their dance, but those outer planets changing signs really makes a difference in how the tone of the year plays out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I noticed too, looking at the calendar that our year, our calendar year, which, you know, I take less and less stock of every year I look at it. <laughs> um, the longer I look at it, the less stock I take in it. But I also noticed that it was the last day of devoting energy. Right. Is that right? Am I looking at that correctly? That's right. And that's also really interesting, Janet, because it's very unusual that we could be starting a year in 2023 where the calendar years of the Gregorian calendar for each day exactly match the first 13, first 13 day energies of the universal energy. So January 1 will be a one energy. It'll be mm -hmm. one listening. Listening is the energy we're coming in with, which is perfect during Mercury retrograde. You know, sit down, shut up, and listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that here. a long time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's perfect. So we need to we need to look at okay, we are aligning energetically with this artificial calendar of time that we've had imposed on us, which gives us even more ways of being able to see how to break out of the patterns of time and move into paying attention to energy. We, we often say um, to you and many others, this system that, that our Pleiadian friends have, have brought us is absolutely not, it's not coincidental. All of these things fall exactly where they should be falling as though the universe knows exactly what it's doing. And there, there are so many synchronicities. There's so many different parts of, of the understanding of this calendar that's only about energy, not about time, that simply fit together in a, a beautiful and perfect dance. It, it's just, it's amazing. The more we work with it, and we've worked with it for years before we brought it to the public because we wanted to be sure it made sense. Mm -hmm. We're amazed every year how accurate it actually is from an energetic point of view. The calendar in itself is just life altering for being able to sense the energies of each day instead of being governed by schedules and artificial time. Right. If you want to go more deeply into it personally, also, there's the Pleiadian Earth Energy personal chart where you can figure out what your energy is, as we've talked about on your show before. So right. people can look at what days are empowering for their best decisions, what day are challenges and they should back off. So that's really a complete and complex system, but it's also very simple once you get the flow of it. Yeah, it's not, it's definitely not as complex as say regular astrology or even human design. It really breaks it down to 
the simplest component, which is energy, right? It's all yes. energy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the book that goes along with the calendar or, you, I mean, you don't have to get the book, but the book tells you all of the backstory of each of those mm -hmm. days. And yep. that's Pleiadian Earth Astrology, changing this or turning spirals of consciousness. Um, so that that book, and it's not it's not a horribly thick book. And I didn't find it hard to read either. I mean, it's very I think anybody, even if you don't have a lot of knowledge about this calendar or human design or astrology, you can really understand uh, from the perspective of looking at this different system of charting our evolution of consciousness as opposed to a straight line, linear kind of calendar that just takes us with no, there's no feeling, there's no magic in the Gregorian calendar. Right. You don't look at, well, I look at December 18th and go, ah, that's the day my daughter was born. But if most people are looking at December 18th, it doesn't really hold any meaning. But then when I look at 13 feeling for December 18th, wow, it gives us some insight into something magical about that day. Yeah. 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 It's it's an amazing system. Um, we tried to make the calendar and the book as user-friendly as we could. So I appreciate you saying to your listeners that that it really is not that complicated. It's it's pretty straightforward. And it it really does change people's lives. I mean it's 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 an incredible addition to astrology and just yep. trying to figure out our lives in, in a in a more positive, more more enjoyable way. Yep. And in a way that actually where we can see progress or we can see evolution as it unfolds in the, the regular Gregorian calendar, I just see the months flying by. I don't really, I, I see the days, the weeks and the months flying by, but there's no meaning attached to them. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at it through this calendar, we're seeing that there is a purpose to every day under the sun, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is amazing to me. That, yeah. that that can exist. Uh, okay, so um, let's talk. There's this great quote you end that blog post with that I love. It says, you do not have to wait for the end of the world in order to be free. There is another way. Rise above the age in which you are born. And I believe that was by Paramahansa Yogananda uh, yep. in, in The Divine Romance. Um, unpack that. I mean, oh my gosh, right? We were all born in an age. Tell us more about that. What you what you feel about that when you read that? Well, I think Venus governs the, the energies of the age that we're born into. And we can figure out what were the energies present when we were born and look at that to see what is it we need to rise above collectively? And how do we do that from our own individual path, do our portion of the work? So for me, I was born into a time when, well, I think everybody in Cullen's and my generation was born into a time where Venus was spelling out the 60s, spelling out what's coming up for the 60s, freedom, breaking old paradigms, moving away from the traditional, doing something different. And the 60s, rebellion. <laughs> absolutely rebellion and love, love. 
Yes. A love rebellion. I mean, literally that was, that formed the basis of it all. That was the energy that we were born into in our age. Well, we weren't born into. Well, not in the sixties. We grew, we were. We were growing into into that, that. but that was the energy that was coming for us that we were seeing. Mothers were no longer staying home, only being housewives. They were getting jobs, careers. Going Um, back to school. Going back to school. People were getting more fair work um, pay for fair work. There was more of a sense of balance that was happening all the years of our childhood. And that's the thing that we have to look at. Okay, all of these things were positive. What went wrong? What did we miss? Where did we skip a step? What do we have to work on now to get to the energy that Venus was trying to show us then? So that's what we have to rise above. So Venus at that time then would have been in which, not sign, how how would you say that? What phase or? uh... It would depend for each each person what, and there are Western astrological signs that Venus would have been in at that point. So for me, it would be, I was, Cullen was, Venus was in cancer, nurturing, caring, service. How could he do all those things? For me, Venus was in Aquarius. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Different, 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 unique. Yeah, absolutely. So each person has that individually mapping out what is going on collectively in society for you. And how are you part of that? How are you being guided to do certain work to make the whole better? That's rising above it. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the 60s were really dominated by the Pluto-Uranus generation. The, mm-hmm. They're coming together. Mm-hmm. And anytime planets come together, right, in, no matter what they are, inner planets, outer planets, whatever, when they come together, they start a new cycle of mm-hmm. energy between them. So Pluto and Uranus coming together really do signify rebellion, a revolution of sorts in the making. But then 45 years later, in our so 45 years later puts us in the 90s we end up in a square right a square between those two planets and anytime in the cycle of planets coming together that first square represents a crisis right the crisis of action oh my god what are we going to do and then we come into the fullness of it at the opposition point and now the light bulbs come on and we're like oh that is where we made our mistake And then we'll go into the final square of that cycle and it'll be more of a crisis of consciousness where we have to change some way of thinking or believing. And uh, we're, we're, we're not even to that opposition point yet of that cycle that began in the sixties. So it unfolds sort of over time in very predictable ways, Mm -hmm. right? First is going to be the backlash, the, ah, you know, we can't do this. We can't, how, how, how do we do this? And I mean, there's more things going on behind the scenes too, but uh, other cycles that are nested within that, mm-hmm. but that's literally how we go through every cycle. For example, today, the moon and the sun come into a square, right? They're in a challenging aspect with one another. That would be the crisis of consciousness, mm-hmm. right? How do we change our minds? How do we elevate ourselves beyond our belief system? How do we make new choices according to, you know, what's possible rather than, you know, what is being spoon fed to us or that kind of thing. And then we'll get to the new moon next week where we start the whole new cycle. So all planets do this. And it just so happens that those 60s were turbulent. 
Mm-hmm. You know, as new energies were being injected into the planet. And then predictably, 45 years later, we come into that time where it's all chaos. It's all jumbled and we forgot all about love. Yeah. 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 And that's what we've seen and lived. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm, amazing. Yeah. That 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 time was such an opportunity to to truly change things. And it looked like it was going to work. And many, many souls thought, yes, this is the time. This is, this is what we've been looking for. This is what we're going to create. And then all of a sudden, it just went away. It just disappeared. And there, there are so many theories about, well, gee, maybe, maybe the manipulators, maybe the controllers were even active way back then. And they didn't want this to come to the common idea of how we could live our lives and have a more peaceful, more integrated life on this planet. So it could be that that didn't work because somebody didn't want it to work. But then again, we are the ones making the choices, right? It's not them. There is no magic them. I mean, there could be manipulators out there. They're definitely out there. But, But we're the manipulated then. Well, we are allowing it, Janet. It's not that the point. We are making the choice to allow it, which is why we need to be in the position of as just as divine to say no. That's it. No. But in the 60s, you know, we rose up and we were like, no, that's not what we want. Right. We we are going in this direction. But then we start getting fed technology. Then we start getting foods that are not good for us being fed to our, so our physiology begins to change. And then as we get into, you know, 90s, we end up with more. Um, now we have computers and now we end up in cell phones and now we have smartphones and everybody's so distracted by so much that all the manipulators in there can do whatever in the bleep they please. Yeah. And you're not even seeing it. Right. Sleight of hand. Right. You're you're looking right at them, but you're not seeing because you're really parked in front of your mobile device. You're 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 exactly explaining the the great illusion that's that's going on. Yes. Yep. So we get the opportunity now as you know, now we're moving more into a trine aspect with those planets. And Mm -hmm. that that made the conjunction in the 60s. And you know, now, because that uh, that conjunction of Pluto and Uranus occurred in Virgo, right? That mm-hmm. was Virgo, an Earth sign. And now we have Pluto moving through Vir- uh, not through Capricorn, finishing his travels through Capricorn. He's His whole job has been for us to, to really see in the destruction of all of our institutions uh, uh, what, what our hubris was in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the manipulation or the control has been in all of that and you know moving on from here as we get into pluto and aquarius uh all of that changes the attitudes of people change right that the awareness of people changes Mm -hmm. with these different ages as they come up and frankly we're also perched right there at the age of aquarius where we're really moving into a more people-powered uh, people-centric, humanity-centric time. Mm-hmm. But, of course, a lot of trouble comes along with that, right? Because yeah. we've got, like, what is reality? Yeah. That's a big question. It is. Right? We're, we're seeing the dematerialization of reality with things like virtual reality, 
artificial mm -hmm. intelligence mm -hmm. and, you know, people really choosing to live more in their games and in their false worlds than in the real world. I mean, that is what the manipulators want. Mm -hmm. right? They want you unaware. They want you uncaring. They want you to be, they don't want you to be empowered to make choices that go against what they're trying to do, which is power and control. Absolutely. Absolutely. But wow. good thing is more and more people, and this may sound trite, but more and more people are waking up to that very, that very scenario. And I think 2023 is going to be a watershed year for people to wake up and for people to begin to refuse to be part of that illusion, to be part of, of that, that smoke and mirrors kind yeah. of, to of pull the cobwebs from their eyes and their brains, pull the yeah. cobwebs out of your brains. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking towards more and more people being able to see the, the true reality. Um, you, you've used the word reality several times. And I think there is such a distinction between the natural reality and the artificial reality, as you just spoke of. And yeah. people, people want a more genuine life. People really want more transparency, more integrity, more honesty. And I think they're going to demand that coming yep. 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 Pretty, yep. pretty soon. Yay. Yay. Hopefully. Right. I, I kind of keep feeling this energy too of a split. Mm. How can I describe this? Where, where some choices made by people will actually move us in a direction of that new world or of that new reality, a new reality, not artificial, not virtual, but a real reality. And then others going off into that artificial or uh, non-real reality. I don't know how that works out on the physical plane, but I see it like if you step back and you you look in, you can see it's already starting, right? Where there's these two different streams of consciousness, perhaps that one, you know, based on everything not real, mm -hmm. and one that is really choosing consciously um, to move into the only thing that really is real, and that's love. That is that's, that is that's, the real. That's the love. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, you know, as we move forward. I don't even know if that's something we notice until you know much later in our uh, I think we're noticing it. Larkma's been telling everybody that from the Pleiadian perspective, humanity was going to go through a time of the great split. They've been saying that for five oh, years. Oh, awesome. They call it the great split. And now they're saying you are living in the time of the great split. Choose wisely because the choice that you make about which path that you just described, you choose, is going to determine what happens to you. Whether you're going to be ascending with the earth, moving into higher states of consciousness, harmony and bliss, or whether you're going to continue the way, what's known as the wheel of karma, where you're still trying to figure out. That, that hamster wheel. <laughs> yeah, you're still trying to figure it out. And that will be taking place off planet as you die out of this body and go into another, another place. So, so this, there is really a split going on. And we can see this on an, on a daily basis. We, yeah. we can see the confusion that, that 
much of the the mass of of humanity is involved with Pe people really don't know the difference between is there a choice can can i return to nature can i let go of some of the technology that i'm addicted to can i can i make choices that are more wholesome that are more life-giving more life-supporting people are beginning because of the frustration of of trying to live the way we're told we should live whether it's madison avenue or or what whatever kind of influence that we're influenced by it's it madison avenue advertising is one of the hugest ways of controlling people i mean sure there is so much money spent billions and billions of dollars every year worldwide trying to talk people into being someone that they are not look at the cosmetic industry there are billions of dollars in purchasing cosmetics that will make us look better more beautiful happier more successful and it's all part of the the ridiculousness of taking us away from who we really are. Also, We're all beautiful the way we are. It's also focusing on the external instead of allowing the beauty of our light that's on the inside to shine out. Because yeah, when yeah. you're looking at the inside light, you don't need all the cosmetics. You don't need all that stuff. You just shine. Yeah, in, in the age that we're moved, what we've moved into, we actually made this move uh, December 21st, 2020, when Jupiter and Saturn made their conjunction, their great conjunction, at zero Aquarius, we moved out of the Earth ages, uh, the last, the previous 200 years of Earth, that really saw consumerism, materialism, and capitalism, and some of those bigger things that really were chewing up the resources of the planet. Mm -hmm. And this age that we're in is going to have its own problem too. It's air right? So we're already seeing some of the air troubles, right? The, the idea of pandemics that can circulate around the globe, the idea of a uh, artificial intelligence. Um, I don't know, at least once a day, I get an email from some company that wants me to purchase their chatbot or to write what I write with AI now instead of, you know, with my own words. I'm like, oh, God, no, right? No, 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 that can't be the way that we're going. Yeah. But that's part of the age of air. So we're already seeing what some of the trouble spots may be, but it's an information age and we'll have to learn discernment about yes. that information. Yes. Right? What is that? Does it, is it meaningful to know these kinds of things? Is it the truth? There's another word we might throw in there. What's the truth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I It'll just be an interesting 200 years. I wish I was going to be here the whole time. <laughs> I just read an article a couple of nights ago um, that that postulates that we're living in a simulated world now. Everything's about images, about symbolism, and I don't mean good archetypal symbolism. I mean the symbolism that comes through advertising or that comes through ways of influencing people to buy this or to buy that. And I really, I really had to look at the world in a different way. Everything really is simulated. Everything is these little tiny, tiny pieces of images that we see everywhere. They're, they're on billboards, they're on electronic signs. If you look at, if you look at Times Square in New York, or you look at 
Tokyo, the, these, all of these, these motion-filled billboards that show us all of these little, little tiny images that are just ongoing. They change so fast we can hardly recognize what they are. But yes, it's a, but your it's, subconscious mind picks them up. Yes, yes, and it's a simulation of life. It's not real life. It's a simulation of what we're told we want to buy or who we want to be. <laughs> it's the matrix. <laughs> it is. It absolutely it, is. It is. Yeah. And it's a construct. It, yeah. it is. And it's it's amazing how we're so involved with it that maybe we're losing track of the natural world and who we are really intrinsically inside of us. And it's a scary it's a scary thing to look at because it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, so focus your energy on what's the most loving thing you can do for yourself, for others. Um, is this love? That would be another, is this real love? Is this really of love? Um, I think if we keep taking it back, I mean, we got the key back in the sixties. The key was love and mm -hmm. choice right? Yeah. Choosing love or choosing freedom. Actually, freedom is my key word for 2023. I made it my key word. Every year, uh, I, I choose a word that represents the year for me. And I was having trouble figuring out what I wanted for 2023. And then the other day, it just like busted into my head. Freedom, right? Freedom. Um, but the, those when we're choosing what's right for us, based on love, and based on the most loving supportive thing, then we're not getting caught up in that matrix, right? The matrix can't stand in the face of that loving energy. So it is our key. It's our way out of this mess. It is, yes. it is. Yeah. Nature is love, right? Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we... there's another word we could look at for this year and that's simplicity. Oh, oh, made like such a complex world. Oh my God. But when you go outside and you put your feet in the grass and you're smelling the flowers or listening to water, it takes us into the most simple beauty, love and harmony and peace. It's amazing. And how many times have you heard young people say when you ask them a question, well, it's complicated. It's not complicated. <laughs> it's as complicated as we have been taught to, to think that it is. And these these responses of, well, it's complicated, generally mean something along the lines of, I don't want to explain it to you or I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, you're, you're, if you're not breaking it down to its simplest component, yeah. then you're just padding it with more and more stuff, yeah. reasons and yeah. excuses yeah. and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When, um, when Mia and I met years ago, the, the very first day we found each other, she said something really profound to me. And she said, Colin, I only want to live a life of simple and deep, simple, simple and, and deep. deep. And I think we have walked away from that concept. And I think you're absolutely right, Janet. Hopefully 2023 maybe will take us to a much more simple and deep way of being in the world. I think that's what happens when your big institutions fail, when the mm -hmm. big things that we've held on to as, uh, you know, models of behavior fail, mm -hmm. then what you're doing is breaking it back to its simplistic, simplest, you know, common denominator. Yeah. And yeah. 
I think that's a process. I'm not sure that, you know, 2023 is, you know, we're going to all wake up and, and understand that we need simplicity in our lives. But the seed is planted, right? Jupiter in Taurus is simplistic, simply. Yeah. Uh, and we have a year of that from May 16th until May 25th of 2024. So we get a year of Taurus energy as opposed to the six months really of Aries energy that we get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Tom would like us to pull a Pleiadian card for the weekend. And unbelievably, it's already an hour. Uh, so I'm going to pull a Pleiadian card. How's that? <laughs> a la Pia and Colin. <laughs> um, and let's see what we get. Oh, got to have all the cards if we're going to pull a card. Right, Tom? And I just like to ask the question, what is it that we need to know? What would serve us to know? Ooh, this card. Nature, regeneration. It's a 10. <laughs> oh, so let me show the card. It's a beautiful card, nature, regeneration, the 10. And it says, spend time in nature to rest, replenish, and regenerate. I cannot make up this stuff. Right? You know, the Pleiadian stardust on those cards is really synchronistic with whatever's going on in our lives. It's, I've, it's, I've seen that. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's no coincidence. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Tom, for suggesting <laughs> He's always good for that. So let's read what this is all about. So regeneration, it says, spend time in nature to rest, replenish and regenerate. Nature is your greatest source for regeneration because you are a part of nature. Don't forget that people, you are a part of nature. This is very important because so many people have almost completely ignored, forgotten or separated themselves from nature, focusing instead on a virtual technological world. If you have drawn this card, you have lost your connection to the natural world, which has caused you to become imbalanced. You are too sped up and simply exhausted. Do not ignore your own natural rhythms and the healing energy of nature that is always there for you. It is important to spend as much time in nature as possible. Go outside, get your feet wet, feel the wind, the sun and the ground under your feet. Allow nature to give you the gift of regeneration. And then it is the universal energy 10, which is about manifestation. You are able to manifest your own regeneration by spending more time in nature. I love it. <laughs> I just love that. I just get giddy with Oracle cards because they're always so, so magical. So on purpose, on target. Uh, so I love it. Well, uh, final words from you to uh, tell us a little bit. I, I know you do a Sunday broadcast. Is there anything else special that you want to share before we close for the day? Only that we want to send the energy of love through the holidays to everybody who's listening or watching this. We want to do that. And if you are interested more in the perspectives that we share, you can find out more about us through magazine articles, blogs we write, uh, interviews that we've done, books we've published, Services we offer, like uh, sessions with Larkma directly, Pleading Earth Energy Charts, all of that is on both of our websites. So go to the websites and dip your fingers in and see what calls you. Awesome. I, I would just like to say very briefly that, that I hope that we can all use the energies of the 24th and 25th of this month to 
have more hope, have have more connection with each other, and have a much more positive outlook on on what we've been through, and hopefully what we're going to be going through, which I'm sure is going to be quite different in 2023. It may not, as you said, Janet, it may not be the entire process, but it will be the beginning of a different and new process for all of us. Right. And remember, these things don't happen to you. You're choosing. So choose peace, choose love, choose connection, right? At your Christmas gatherings, have a box and have everybody deposit their cell phones when they come in. They're <laughs> yeah. Then they have to look at you in the face. They yeah. have to yeah. talk to you. <laughs> you know, they have to interact. Um, That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then hide them so they can't go find them. <laughs> uh, but you might you might have cameras, you know, that you want. But anyway, it, it's just a it's a, our choice again, right? It's going to be what we choose to do well yeah. thank you both uh i just realized i won't see you until next year so happy christmas happy new year to you both and we'll be together let's see if i can see oh i don't have a january calendar but we'll be it'll be the third friday in january uh that we get together and um yeah i feel totally out of control here have no clue what january looks like january the 20th Hey. January 20th is the third Friday. Yeah, that'll be the transition from Capricorn to uh, Aquarius energy. Okay. And yep. uh, if I don't see you before then, have a happy birthday, Colin. I know your birthday you. is coming up here somewhere soon. It is. It is. Right. Quickly. Thank you for, quickly. Yeah. for an amazing show and allowing us to share our perspectives with everyone who's interested. Thank you for the opportunity. Yep. We love, we love, we always love this conversation that we have. It's, it's, it's we organic. go into some interesting places, don't we? <laughs> it's organic, and some sometimes we have a theme like we did tonight, but the organicness of it is really wonderful, too. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I love you both so much. All right? Me Take too. care, everybody. I'll see you all on Monday the 19th. Bye for now. Bye-bye for now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.